looking at the book of Daniel and how we can live on purpose and looking at the people of purpose. Hello over there in my left section. I love you guys. Um, and how you can live in purpose and walk in purpose. This morning, I'm going to minister on when heaven, someone say when heaven says enough is enough. I'll subtitle it. I don't know if Michael got to hear the little sermon my daddy preached me yesterday. You were there with him. Um, that's my father's hand. I'll tell you about that a little later. That's my father's hand. Look at someone and say, that's my father's hand. I'm going to read from Daniel 5. Suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. And King Belshazzar and all of his princes and nobles were stricken with fear to the degree that his hips, one translation says, come unjointed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be so scared my hips come unjointed. Come on, somebody. And the terror filled the room in that moment um, as God wrote on the wall. And my main verse is Psalms 137 and 1. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Jerusalem. There on the willow trees, we hung our harps. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? This morning, when heaven says enough is enough. Father, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you to use this very weak vessel here today with physical limitations today and do what you do best. Speak to your people. Speak into their ears. Holy Spirit, you and I know how much you help me, and I recognize your strength and your authority. This is your room. To the glory of Christ, build the church today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, when heaven says, enough is enough. Enough. I want you to walk down to the river with me this morning. The place is Babylon. The year is 589 B.C. The, the psalmist said, By the rivers of Babylon we sat and we wept, and we hung our harps on the willow tree, and our captors said of us, Sing us the songs of Zion. And we said, How can we sing in a foreign land? At that place, Israel had been taken into captivity in Babylon. I remind you for reference of the story. Why did they hang their harps on the willow tree, which is a sad, sad tree that represents tears and sadness? It was because of the disappointments they had gone through. It had because of their circumstances, the things they did not understand, the things they did not understand why they had been happening, or maybe the things they believed in, but the opposite happened. Can I get an amen? What they didn't know was they were told by their captors, sing us the song of praise. Come on, sing us the songs of your God. But they were thinking this is the worst place to praise. But I submit to you this morning that the best place to praise is is in the place of disappointment. I submit to you this morning that the best place to praise is in the place where things have not gone the way you thought they should go. The best place to praise is when the circumstances push in on you and you don't know what they're doing. The best place to praise is the place where you want to hang your harp and then you say, I will not be denied of the praise that says, he who is for me in the past is for me in the 
present. He who was for me in the past will be for me in the present. I will not hang my harp on the willow tree, but I will offer up a praise to the king of victory. I will shout hallelujah to the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I will bless his holy name. I will not hang my harp on the willow tree, but I will praise the king of victory. Somebody give him a shout in this house. Hallelujah. Sorry, sometimes I have to dialogue with him right in the middle of a service. But they thought their life had served its best purpose. You see, an interruption happened. I'm speaking to you now. A season changed in your life. Everything was going along great. But then something changed, an interruption. Maybe someone hurt you. Maybe someone betrayed you. Pastor Billy often reminds me they can only betray you if they're close to you, and that's why it hurts. Maybe someone left you. Maybe someone made a promise and did not keep their promise. And so you hung your purpose on the willow tree. You hung your hope. You were believing for something, and something didn't happen. And they set down. They sat down by the rivers of Babylon as they hung their harp on the willow tree. They sat down, which is symbolic of making a place that you're supposed to pass through a place where you inhabit. God just wants you to pass through disappointment. He does not want you to sit down in disappointment. God just wants you to pass through things that hurt you. He does not want you to sit down. And by sitting down, what we're saying is, I am hanging this on the willow tree. Maybe not your praise, but I'm in a state of resignation because when I sit down, I'm going to work off some pork chops this morning, I'm telling you. Because when you sit down, you're, I haven't even eaten any, but I'm going to work them off anyway. You're, you're having a resignation. You're saying, I'm going to continue living. I'm going to continue going forward. But I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to exist. I'm going to stop looking for the great miracles of the great I am. You see, when they sat down by the willow tree and they hung their harp, what they were saying is, this is symbolic of everything that was so great. And we have to believe that the best is behind us. But God God will never agree with your false confession that everything best is behind you because the best is still yet to come. Someone give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. And I think it's so interesting and I think it's such a paradox of the creativity and the sovereignty of the omnipotent, omniscient God, which means he's all-knowing and he's all-present, that he saw them sit down by the rivers. What they didn't realize is that the very rivers they set down through those rivers would come their deliverance. Sometimes what we look like in our life, God will say, take me to the place that you hung your harp. Take me to the place that you hung your purpose. Take me to the place that you hung your wounds. I remember in 1983 when God said, take me to the place where you laid your dreams, where you laid your hopes, because it is through those rivers that healing will come to the nations what you have despised in your life what you have not understood in your life God says through those very rivers I will bring healing to the nations somebody give him a shout of praise hallelujah whether we're in New York City jumping on the subway which I've done traveling through Udawa which I've done 
driving through Sweetwater, which I've done, Provo, Utah, which I've done, Australia, which I've done, Athens, Tennessee, not Grace, which I've done, Haiti, wherever we are, we can pick up our harp and pick up our praise and say, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the weaknesses, regardless of what's going on, I will live my purpose for the name of the King. His name is King Jesus. He is full of victory. Someone give him a shout of praise. He says to you this morning, before we get to that hand, you're like, when's that hand coming? It's coming right now. He says, tell me where you laid it. Like he did to Mary and Martha. Where did you put his body? Where did you put Lazarus? It's funny how sometimes we try to bury dreams, hopes, and purposes, and we get them up, and then we bury them. But I'm going to tell you long before you woke up this morning, one of my favorite statements by a comrade, Mark Batterson, that I've been on Daystar with, a wonderful man, circle maker, tons of books, and a kind, good man. Just wanted me to tell him my testimony. But I love his statement that says, long before you woke up this morning and long before you go to bed tonight, the Spirit of God will circle you with songs of deliverance. He's been circling you since the day you were conceived, and he will continue circling you until the day you die. He is praying hard for you with moans and intercessions that you cannot understand, and that should fill us with unspeakable confidence because he cares for us. He fights for us, and he will always say, I will compass you about, Psalms 32 and 7, with songs of deliverance. So he says to you this morning, Spirit of God, what have you hung on the willow tree figuratively speaking what have you let go of you see Israel had let go of the prophet's words Jeremiah who said that God would bring deliverance they had let go of those words they were at 70 years often the moment that the tipping point comes you will be tempted to give up back up and hang your harp on the willow tree right before the door opens right before the miracle happens don't let it happen but say God this is where I put my harp on the willow tree and later on we'll take it off I'm still believing for complete and sweet victory somebody give him praise hallelujah I'll calm down I didn't think I'd be that excited I had a night from you know where but King Jesus always kicks for me and I love him for that 30 years had happened since Nebuchadnezzar had been restored in the year of Babylon. 30 years. 23 years since King Nebuchadnezzar had died. And here they are, and Belshazzar, his grandson, throws a huge party. It had been 70 years, almost to the point that Jeremiah said, you'll be led into captivity, but then I will come in and I will deliver you. And it says that King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for thousands of his nobles. Everyone say thousands. And they drank wine with them. The Hebrew means a lot of wine. They drank a lot of wine. While Belshazzar was drinking wine, he gave orders to bring in the silver and the gold goblets that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple when he steamrolled into Jerusalem and overtook them. He took the very precious things from the temple with him. So they brought out the gold goblets that was taken, and he began to toast the gods of silver and iron and bronze. And suddenly, someone say suddenly, 
a human hand appeared. I mean, come on, Spielberg's got nothing on God. Peter Jackson, one of my favorites from One Line Cinema, he can produce a movie that'll make my hair curl. Come on. But none of them got it on God. A hand appears out of nowhere and begins to write on the wall. They have excavated that wall, but that's another story. The king watched as the hand wrote. He turned pale, and that's when he lost control of his hips. Come on. Nobody wants to be scared by God, but I want to tell you this morning, that was not God against you. That was God against the evil king who had put his people under bondage. The king of addiction, the king of pornography, the king of bitterness, the king of rejection, the king of sorrow, the king of unforgiveness. You see, God gets evangelic evangelically ticked I said it good and he says I'm gonna show my glory someone give God a shout of praise this morning because of who he is he was celebrating his conquest but Belshazzar made the grievous mistake of treating the holy as unholy he treated the holy as unholy you see, that night in captivity, he was celebrating that he was secure. The Medes and Persians, the great Cyrus, we'll talk about in a moment, was already ramparting against his walls. But he had 20 years of food stored up in the great Babylon. I'll tell you the dimensions of that city in just a moment. And he was celebrating his conquest. And he was toasting to unholy gods with that which are holy. Hold on a minute, and I'll get us there too as well. Babylon seemed like it could never be taken, never be conquered. And according to history of the Babylonian writers, it was 320 feet high, which is half the Empire State Building, 80 feet thick, and 56 miles long. But, everyone say but, <laughs> the Euphrates River ran right through it. You see, Babylon seemed too high to go over it. It seemed too massive to move it. It seemed to be no way in and no way out. But how many know that we serve a God who designed our deliverance before the enemy can devise our destruction can I get an amen and God can rebuild faster than the enemy can destroy can I get an amen Jeremiah had said in the 51st division of the book of Jeremiah and this is what the Lord Almighty says the people of Israel and Judah have been wronged their captives their captives have held them and refused to let them go but everyone say but the one who redeems them is strong someone say hallelujah the one who redeems you and I is strong when he works no one can stop him and he says his name is the Lord Almighty which is El Elyon Adonai it is Yahweh he who will defend and will not rest until his people are in victory somebody praise him this morning hallelujah look at your neighbor and say when heaven has had enough. Jeremiah prophesied that, but sometimes we don't pay attention to a sermon until we remember it later and we need it. Can I get an amen? The Lord gives us a verse and we think that was great. And then you get into a situation and go like, what was that scripture? What was that scripture? What was that? You see, Belshazzar was foolish to think 
that he could throw a party. And the thing about in the moment that you and I cannot remember the scriptures that will bless us, don't you worry, because Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance. Can I get an amen? And Belshazzar is throwing a party. And we're used to the enemy throwing a party. He threw a party when Adam and Eve failed until God walked in with the skins of an animal. He threw a party when Moses was banished to the wilderness until God showed up in the burning bush. He threw a party when David was demised and lost his kingdom and put sackcloth on his head and walked away from Jerusalem because his evil son was trying to take it from him. He threw a party when Hezekiah was sick. He threw a party when Israel was in Egyptian bondage. He threw a party when Saul was a murderer. But every one of these things changed when heaven said, enough is enough. And he threw a party when Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, was crucified at Gethsemane and Golgotha. And in that moment, hell threw a party. My husband would say there was devil food cake and devil eggs and all that kind of stuff. And the party was going so great until the spirit of the Lord knocked on the door of hell's gates and said, I'm not even asking for permission. Move back as I come to raise the son of the almighty God to the right hand of the father. Move back as I do what only I can do. I submit to you this morning, the Lord says to every adversary and enemy you have, move back while I do what only I can do. Somebody give him a shout of praise. So the Euphrates River, Chuck, Babylon was so unmovable, just like the things you think are uncrossable, unmovable in your life. The things you think are unconquerable. And the enemy's told you that. You've tried to conquer them a few times, says the Lord. And so you've come to believe that. The Lord is here this morning to speak to you and say, it is still movable, says the Lord. The Euphrates River ran right through it. So I just suppose, being of a creative mind, you logical people can do your sermons later, but my logical creative mind, I suppose when God created the world and he came down to the area where Babylon would exist, that in the Bible says in the book of Job, he weighed the waters in the hollow of his hand, and then he spoke to the waters and said, don't move past this boundary to the Atlanta, the Pacific, the Mediterranean, and to the Euphrates that ran right through Babylon. He said, I'm going to put a river right there. Maybe an angel inquisitive as they could be said, most high God, because no one else could have asked that question, why put a river here? And I believe the Lord said, because someday my people are going to be in a captive captivity here far from what I gave them that was promised to them. They're taken because they disobeyed me. But I'm going to tell you, the enemy's going to overplay his hand. And he's going to build something so big and try to keep them. He said, in what looks impossible to cross, I will not send someone to breach the walls. I will not send someone to throw arrows over the wall. No, I'll run a river right through Babylon. I'll plant it right now. So when the moment comes, I will place this river here. And what man thought was not possible I will devise a plan that no one saw that was coming and I'll bring Cyrus through the undercurrent and he will overthrow the king and my people will march back to Israel to be the people they were called to be I'm telling you God is in the house today and God is here for you somebody give him a shout of praise let me tell you this morning that God has already devised a plan for you whatever that looks too hard this morning says the Spirit of the Lord. Whatever looks too difficult, whoa, whatever looks too complex, 
whatever looks too hard to solve the river of grace will flow right over it the river of grace will flow right through it what man locks up in your finances what looks like it's impossible with restoration with people or of things God said I'm going to cut a river right here that no one saw coming I'm going to make a path through the Red Sea I'm going to make the ground dry I'm going to make a path that no one even saw that's coming you see man can carve highways and interstates and all other things but only God can create a pathway for your blessing your deliverance your miracle that no man saw coming his name is the I am that I am somebody give him a shout of praise so back to the vessels of the temple he toasted to unholy gods I'm going to come down there in just a moment let me read this Leviticus 8 and 10 says Moses took the anointing oil. And I'm going to do this in just a moment. And he anointed the tabernacle and everything in it. He put oil on them, all the utensils to consecrate them. Anoint, that word comes from the Hebrew root, Messiah. Recognize it? Messiah. When you anoint something, it's like Jesus Christ. Holy and anointed one. I've been singing that all week, and none of you know that. You're too young, but it's okay anointed the vessels he pronounced it clean he pronounced it pure so when Moses anointed those vessels that are now been taken by Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar has taken them he anointed them in a way that set them apart and said they were sacred this is you and I this is you and I we are the holy chosen vessels let me present for your consideration this morning that Satan has no greater agenda than to desecrate what God has consecrated. To get you to toast to unholy gods. I'm not talking about drinking. I'm talking about taking your life and toasting it to that which is unholy. He was toasting to the gods of Baal. You see, he may not be able to keep you out of heaven, but he will try to make you think that you're common. You're common but you're anointed, you're chosen, you're not common, you're extraordinary, because Christos, the very root word which my youngest daughter is named after, Christos, which means the anointing is upon you. You see, if he can get you to think you're common, you'll lose your sense of righteousness. And when you lose your sense of righteousness, the Bible says the bold, the righteous are as bold as a lion. But when you lose your consciousness of being bold, you'll lose your boldness. You see, sometimes the fact that we don't believe we're valuable to God makes us treat ourselves as common, common instruments. It's proven by Christian theorists and also by psychiatrists. Thank you. The way I said that was blessing, wasn't it, Matt? You loved it. Um, that we act out of that which we believe is true. So if I think I'm common, if I think I'm unholy, my dear friend of one of our Board of Regents, Lemuel Miller, was telling me this week that when he was young, pastor, young preacher, he was so condemned over some sin that he had committed. He'd give it to the Lord. He'd ask forgiveness. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know what it is. But he could not get past it. And he was sitting on the edge of his bed one morning, and the great Dr. C.M. Ward, which most of you don't know either, a, a prince of preachers. Pastor Hank and I listened to him all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast when we were evangelists. And Dr. C.M. Ward stopped and he looked in the camera and he said, there's a young preacher sitting on the edge of your bed. 
you keep condemning yourself for what God has forgiven. You keep bringing it up. You have repented. It is confessed. It is forgiven. Now it's time to walk in freedom. And Lemuel said he stood up off of that bed that day and has preached the ministry of restoration forever. You see, because if the enemy can convince you that you're not holy, but that you're common, then you'll start treating yourself that way. You see, we've all toasted unholy gods. I've toasted bitterness when I hold on to my bitterness. I've toasted unforgiveness when I've held on to my unforgiveness. I've toasted, well, I'm just going to say things, okay? I'm not saying I've done all these, okay? But, but it'll fit, I bet. <laughs> I've to- toasted when it's immoral acts of sexual impurity. I've toasted under things of rejection. I've toasted to fear. I've toasted that which is holy to that which is unholy. And I'm going to tell you the fear of that. The Grammys put on three minutes of unholy. And three days later, God broke out at Asbury underneath a sign that says holiness unto the Lord. He said, you hold my iced tea, Grammys. You hold my drink while I explode all over the earth. If you're going to say unholy, I'm going to say holy. Holiness unto the Lord. Holy is our God. Righteous is our God. God can break out in a field. God can break out in a well. God can break out in a library. God can break out in a home. God is not limited. God is holy. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. I got some people criticizing Lee, and I want to say you open up your home. Open your home up. Come on. I I don't go for that kind of thing on public ridicule. I don't go for it. You're judging something you have no clue about. My heart is, that sounded really mean. Forgive me. My children tell me not to slam the pulpit anymore, so at least I'm not doing that this morning, okay? (laughs) I mentioned at lunch. They said, yeah, it'd probably be better if you didn't do that anymore. (laughs) And they were, oh. Because people were commenting. I just thought, y'all got a clue. Well, open your house up. Feed your children. Keep security going. There were threats against Lee University. When I walked in on the last day, I felt in my gut it was going to close down. There was a guy with an AK-47, a bulletproof vest. He had weapons all around him. You think, well, if it's a work of God, we don't have to worry about security. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a whole team of people packing in this room today, and they're packing with their eye on you. They know the Holy Ghost is powerful, but they also know that evil abounds. And I want to tell you something. God is not limited to a chapel. God's not limited to Asbury. If God wants to break out right there where it needs to be bush hogged with a homeless and set up tent, he'll break out out there he shall not be limited he shall not be restricted he shall not be stopped he is God all by himself somebody give him praise in this house glory is right calm myself down up here we are holy vessels set apart for his purposes the lexical form of the word saints that God calls us. God is the only one that can keep a straight face and call Chuck Martin a saint. It had all of us in there, Chuck, but I love you. We, we like to have fun. And Rhonda Davis, too. It means separated. He calls us saints. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says he makes us and you stand firm. He anoints us and sets his seal of ownership. Us. Those who put their faith in Christ are called saints. They're a holy vessels. 
They're holy vessels. They're set apart, set apart for the great work of the kingdom, set apart for what he wants to do. We are not common. I got to go fast because I took so much time meddling down there. We are not common. We are extraordinary and set apart by Jesus Christ. And when I toast unholy gods like Belshazzar did, when I toast them with my life, it's ridicule to my father. But I'm going to tell you what my father does. He says said the same thing he did to Belshazzar. He says your days are numbered enemy your days are numbered someone give king jesus praise you're not only set apart but paul said some of you were fornicators idolaters adulterers thieves you were indulgent drunkards and troublemakers you were extortioners don't you love it don't you feel good about yourself he's speaking to the corinth church some of you but then he says and some were you and then with one grand sweep of his writing pen he said but then you were washed you were sanctified and you were justified and declared completely not guilty in the name of the lord jesus christ Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. And that seal of ownership is seen. I've talked to people that have come out of darkness, some interviewed by Joni Lamb. I'm not going to get into that. But they talk about the seal of ownership upon the righteous. When you receive Jesus, you became righteous through him. Now you work on your life, but when you received him, you were marked with ownership. And those that dwell in the, in the damned of darkness, I know no other way to say it, say that there is a seal they see upon God's children in the spirit realm. I don't care what the devil sees. All I want to know is what God sees. All I want to know is that I'm sealed. And Paul goes on to say that God's spirit is able to wash you so completely that you can't even remember when you toasted to an unholy God. To wash you so completely. I thank the Lord that times I detoured and I got off the path and I did things I should not have done. And for a moment I felt like I belonged to that. I'm feeling maybe you belong to addiction. You belong to immorality you belong to rejection you belong to low self esteem and you felt like you belong to it but I'm going to tell you something the seal of ownership says into the heavenlies and into the earth this son belongs to me this daughter belongs to me and when you were wandering in darkness and some of your children that are wandering in darkness and your grandchildren the seal of ownership that was put on them when they walked an aisle when they were a child is seen in the heavenlies and someday that vessel will walk home hallelujah God says this vessel belongs to me it belongs to me belongs to me so I want to say and submit to your consideration on your worst day and on your best day when you feel strong like David, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall, or you feel like the wall fell on you. The seal of ownership is still upon you. Vessels that have been treated as unholy can be treated as holy again and can be walked back to the Father's house. For every prodigal you're believing for, give him a big shout of amen and hallelujah. Come on. I will say this morning, maybe the enemy got a good laugh out of me when he put me under any bondage. Maybe he got a good laugh about you when we toasted with our lives, unholy causes, with our words and our actions and our deeds. But I'm here to tell you today that God Almighty set his seal and he said we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glorious power may be of God and not of me. And I present to you this 
morning vessels you are redeemed you are holy you are not common you are full of the spirit of God give him one more shout of praise in this house and God does not overlook the mistreatment of his holy vessels any more than he overlooked Belshazzar's there's times in your life God said enough is enough like with old King Neb had a razor two weeks ago enough is enough and he said that's it that's it I'm not gonna I know they sinned I know they walked the path but you're in trouble with me now says the Lord Every enemy he's sinning against Israel, every one of them he would say, you overplayed your hand. You overplayed your hand. You took it farther than you should have taken it. And so now I'm going to release heaven's indignation out on you. Oh, you thought I was coming for my children. I am. I'm coming to deliver them out of your hand. Because I, the Lord, said you took what I intended for a moment and you dragged it out. So if you feel like there's a situation in your life right now, the Spirit of the Lord says, that has gone on too long and been dragged out too long, don't you fear, don't you worry. That little extra time is getting God's zeal up so bad that when he steps up, when he moves to the plate, he's going to hit a grand slam all the way out into the kingdom of glory. Somebody give him a praise in this house. I'm going to tell you this morning, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Look at someone and say rivers, rivers of living water. You're just glad I'm not throwing it on you like Pastor Hank would have done. Look at your neighbor and said he would have thrown that. I am going to throw this. I'm no, just kidding. This is why the enemy fights against you as a vessel. Because he's put living water in you. Living water. Living water. You see, he wants your vessel to be toasting unholy gods. Because your vessel is to give living water. Take a sip, Donna. You're the only one that will sip at it. I ain't going to pass it around the church. That's what's supposed to happen. What I've been through, my vessel is supposed to give. This world is so thirsty, Donnie. This world is so thirsty, Jerry. This world is so thirsty, Donna. They're thirsty for what we have. And if our vessel is just too busy toasting that thing which is common, that which is ungodly, then we don't have that living water, Monica, to give to someone that says, I'm so thirsty. But Sonia King Jesus says, drink of me and you will never thirst again. We have that, Dottie. We have that living water. We have that, Johnny. We have it in vessels made by the hands of God. If we're going to toast something, let's toast the glory of God, quenching the thirst of everyone that's thirsty and hurt and wounded and crying out for his help. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, hallelujah. I'm not near done, but Josh is going to come help me. And all of a sudden that hand appears. Well, I'm closer to the end than I was. So don't freak out, people. That hand appears. And here's where a little pastor moment will come in. I don't know what I've been doing before now, but be a little pastor moment. Fully on fire, which is shocking. If you knew how I was resisted all night, and that's okay. King Jesus always kicks it, and I love him for that, the power of his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And his hand appeared out of nowhere, and it began to write on the wall that hand he drew a line in the sand 
And here is King Belshazzar, and he can't understand it. He's shocked. His people can't understand it. Again, he calls for his soothsayers, his sorcerers, his magicians. Can anyone tell me what this says? You see, the enemy always understands, underestimates God the Redeemer, the God who rescues us. Can I get an amen? Isaiah 54 says your enemy will always be defeated because I am on your side. Jeremiah prophesied as Nebuchadnezzar rolled into Babylon and the people to be taken to Babylon. He prophesied, I have set a trap against you, Babylon. You are caught for you have fought the Lord and the Lord's people. I love it that I serve an Abba God that knows how to fight for me. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like sobering up a drunk group of crowd than a hand writing on the wall. Come on, somebody. There's nothing like stopping the enemy in his tracks. There's nothing. Just keep praying, Kelly. She's pushing for me. We'll get to that in a moment. Stop the enemy in your tracks. Then the hand of God. No one can understand it. And the queen mother, which is Nebuchadnezzar's widow, because he's dead, comes running into the dining room where a thousand of people are just shaking while a hand is literally riding on the wall. And she comes in and says... She hears the screams. They were probably screaming like girls is what my husband would have said. Screaming like girls that found a bug on their bed. Come on, somebody. And they were screaming and in full terror. There was concubines. There's all kind of horrible things going on in that room. Filth. And the queen mother walked in and said, she, you know, she wasn't at the party because her husband had been restored to the true God. She comes in and she says, in the time that your grandfather was king, there was a man the king named him something else but she called him Daniel which means that God again protected Daniel's identity and said he had the anointing to solve difficult problems a rendering of the Aramaic word is the loosening of knots referring to the loosening of difficulty if you have a difficulty this morning that needs to be loosened I know the hand of God that can do it can you say amen can you say amen it's the same kind of anointing that was on Jesus the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him in wisdom and counsel and understanding he shall not judge by what he sees or what he ears the Isaiah the prophet said he shall decide but what he hears of God he is the wonderful one which means the one who does difficult things say with me my God does difficult things and Daniel enters into the room they call him in Daniel had not been according to the Babylonian records had been out of sight for 20 years but I'm going to tell you something when God needs you he knows where you're at it may appear that Daniel had been hidden in the years leading up to Belshazzar's feast but Daniel had had maintained an extraordinary spirit long after he had lost his visible position. I present to you this morning that I know Daniel kept doing the things of God. He didn't need a pulpit. He didn't need a stage. He was doing the work of God. He might have been in the market of Babylon encouraging people. That's where God has sent all of you. God needs you in the marketplace. God needs you in the hedges and the highways. God needs you to preach his word. And I love that even though the palace ignored him, he was still 
doing his father business. He was still doing his father's business. Someone say amen. Sometimes we let people name us for what we've gone through. You may have done that, but that's not who you are. And the king had tried to name Daniel something else, but 20 years later, Daniel walks in and the queen mother says, his name is Daniel because that's what his God calls him. I don't care what your Aunt Betty called you. I don't care what your grandfather called you. I don't care what you did that people tried to name you. You are not an addict. You are not an alcoholic. You are not a bitter person. You are not a gossiper. You are not dysfunctional. You are saved by the grace of the almighty King of glory. Hallelujah. 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 Go ahead, Donna. I'll keep preaching. You get marching. His altars are always open. Woo! Victory is in the house. Victory is in the house. Just wave a hand and say, thank you, Jesus. I got a hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. You can stand or be seated. I have just a little bit to travel, but if you want to be seated, you can, or you can keep standing. It's up to you. He was not hidden. And this is where my sweet daddy at 91, Pastor Tim, you would have loved. Wish I could have put you on that phone call. He said, what you preaching tomorrow? And his words are a little garbled. I said, I'm preaching on the handwriting on the wall, daddy. And he said this. And this is the way he said it. That's when, mm, and he would hum himself through it. That's when they called Daniel in. Mm, and they said, do you recognize the hand on the wall? Mm, and Daniel said, yes, I recognize that hand. That is the hand of my father. That is the hand of my God. That is the hand mm, of the one that redeemed me. I believe today that what Daniel said, I recognize that hand. That hand laid the foundation of the earth. That hand spread out the heavens. That hand pulled Israel out with a strong arm. That hand holds my life in his hands. That hand has done mighty things. The scriptures, all these scriptures. That hand has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. In that hand is strength and power. In that hand is the life of every creature. And in that hand is my favorite verse. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you, says the Lord, with my righteous right hand somebody give him a praise stand all over this room if you will one of the greatest illustrated messages then Daniel just says I got to brief this to get where I want to end Daniel says by memory sir thank you by memory sir thank you Daniel says to Belshazzar he says your grandfather Nebuchadnezzar you know of him you know that his life was full of pride and that God humbled him. He lived as an animal for seven years like a throppy. He lived there. He was chained to a stump. 
until he looked upon the name in the eyes of the Lord God and he lifted his eyes and he claimed that he was God and then God that God was God and he was restored to his kingdom but you Belshazzar having knowing all of this did not walk in the ways of your grandfather you knowing all of this may God help us if us knowing everything he's done for others we cannot stand up and have faith that he can do even greater things because he alone is God he said but you did not honor the God whose life is in your hands and then he interpreted the writing mene mene teko parson which mene your number is up king teko you have been measured and found wanting and parson your kingdom is going to fall tonight to the Medes and Persians when God said many many that's what he wrote on the wall many many tackle parson only Daniel could interpret it that's a sign and wonder and God wants to do some signs and wonders in our day God wants to do some things God wants to allow us to interpret the broken heartedness of the sinner God wants to give us direct wisdom and knowledge and things we've never seen God wants to bring us miracles because the time is coming when we have no more time we must seek the miracle powers of God somebody praise him thank you for standing hang in there hang in there many many God was saying translated this through the ages I am Tekel, I know I know what you've done to my people I know you think I didn't know but I know I know and then he said I act God showed up. You see, the river that they went by would be used for their, de- their, their deliverance. And that night, King Cyrus, who God spoke about in Isaiah 45, he said, I have anointed you, Cyrus, years ahead of his time, though I have not known you. I have anointed you to subdue nations, open double doors. I have anointed you to go before and make the crooked places straight. I have anointed you, and for what reason? For the sake of my people. I'm going to tell you something right now. God can anoint your boss. God can anoint your banker. God can anoint the people that work beside you. God can anoint anybody at any time to bring deliverance. God can anoint a doctor to have a cure. God can anoint anybody that he needs to. Your life is not in the hands of man. It's in the hand of the Lord that turns the heart of the king whichever way he wants. Somebody praise him. And that night, by the rivers of Babylon, Cyrus entered. I can't take time for this. Thank you for summarization. Half of them he put it where the river entered. Thank you, sir. Half of it he put where the river went out. Thank you, sir. The other half he put at a swamp of Euphrates and he built a canal to usher the water away and as he did this he told them when the waters start to recede when we hit all the waters start walking under the walls of Babylon when you walk and the water is only this deep entrench and take the city and that night at the rivers of Babylon where the people had hung their harp that night where they had said we're done it was that very river that God sent in an army to overthrow Babylon that he could deliver his people Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Praise and worship team, come join me. Come join me, praise and worship team. Hallelujah. Somebody just lift your hand and praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
for nothing built against you shall stand, says the Lord. Nothing that man has built to hinder you shall stand, says the Lord. I am the Lord God who does the impossible. For no problem is too high or too low, as my servant has said. For I, the Lord, have a way straight through. I have devised your deliverance, says the Lord. I have devised a turnaround in your situation. Oh, wait and see what I, the Lord, will do. By the very place you set and cried, I will flow through those places and I will bring healing. I will do what only I can do, says the Lord, for there is no other God like me. Trust me this day, for you are precious and holy in my sight and you are my chosen people and I have chosen you, says the Lord, to bring my gospel to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. Can you give him a praise and receive his word? So that night, the Lord would say to you and I this morning, take your hope off of the willow tree. Take your purpose off of the willow tree. And I'm going to have Susan come do it for me. Michael, thank you. The Lord says, where did you lay it? Where did you put it? Where did you put your purpose? Where did you put your dream? Where did you put it? Take it off the willow tree. I'm not done with you, says the Lord. I'm not done with you, says the Lord. Where did you place it? Get it off that tree. Get it back in your possession, your gift, your hope, your faith, your purpose. Get it back to where it needs to be. Remove it. For the psalmist, when they were delivered from Babylon, said it was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage, Psalms 127. And you brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and we were overflowing with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praises. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, The Lord has done marvelous things for them. Yes, He did marvelous things for us. We are overjoyed. Now, Lord, do it again. 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 Come on. Come on. Hang with me. Cyrus took all those vessels and he put them in the hands of Nehemiah and said, walk the vessels home. Walk the vessels home, Nehemiah. Take them back to Jerusalem where they belong in the temple of God. Take them back where they belong. They're holy and consecrated. They're holy. There was a moment in time. There was a moment in time. Chuck, come walk with me. When the Lord took Chuck, the vessel of the Lord, right beside me, son. And he walked him home. God walked his vessel home by his power and by his strength. Just stand right there. There was a moment that he came for Dean and Debbie Brown. Come walk with me, Dean and Debbie. When they were in sin, the Lord said, these are my vessels. I'm going to walk my vessels home. I'm going to walk them home by the power of Jesus Christ. Just stand right there. There's a moment when God said, that's my vessel. Brother Gerald, come and walk with me, sir. 
come and walk with me, sir. There was a moment when God reached down to Gerald Pippinger. I love his testimony. He had to tell it sometime. And God said, that's my son. I'm going to walk my vessel home. I'm going to bring him home, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Tina, there was a moment when God said, that's my vessel. I'm going to walk my vessel home. I'm going to walk her home. Come on this way. I'm going to walk her home. I'm going to walk her to my father's house. When Jesus Christ sent out his angels and said, go get that one. Go get that one and bring them home, says the Lord. There was a moment when God said, Brother Robert, come on, I've never used you. When God said, Brother Robert, that's my vessel. I'm going to walk my vessel home. I'm going to send forth my angels. And I'm going to walk my vessel home. Devin, where did Devin go? Oh, she's on the stage. I won't lose her. Donna, you're even, come on. Donna was shouting me down. Donna, you and me, you need to go with me when I go preach in Alabama. We're going to shake the place. When God said, that daughter that's drunk, that daughter that's done all these things, that shall not be her name anymore. That shall not be her anointing anymore. It doesn't matter what anybody says about her. It doesn't matter what anybody speaks about her. I'm going to walk my vessel home. I'm going to walk my vessel home. Hallelujah. Somebody give him the best praise. I'm done. Come on, just keep praising him. Come on, just keep praising him. Just keep praising him. Just keep praising him. Just keep praising him. Come on, just keep praising him. If you symbolically want to walk out from where you are and walk your own self down here, do it right now. Do it right now. That doesn't mean you're unsaved, but you just want to make that walk. Come on, we're going to all pray. I figure a lot of would come. Walk your own vessel home. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Hallelujah. 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 Sing it with the team. Come on. This is the sound of trouble traveling. Hallelujah. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Come on, sing it, church. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. I'm going to live again. This is the sound of travel traveling. Now we're going to hold it. Now right where you are, all over this house, I want you to give exuberant praise before we pray for each other. Come on, I want you to give the kind of praise that heaven just rejoiced. That heaven just rejoiced. That heaven just rejoiced. That heaven just rejoice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let him hear it. Let him hear it. Hallelujah, Pastor Ramon. Glory Dios. Glory Dios. Hallelujah. 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 As they sing, I want to turn this whole place into an altar of prayer. I want you to pray that you would be that vessel of living water and not treat yourself as common anymore. Not allow the enemy to toast unholy gods with your life, but to live your life for Christ Jesus. 
And then I want us to pray for the vessels that need to be walked home.